Hi, Raymond. Hello, Jamin. <laughs> it's fun times again at Whole Nine Yards High. Whole Nine Yards High, coming at you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like a fun, fun times. And while I was doing research, a great thing happened oh, to me. What's that? I was missing this one Klaus Schultz album. Yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. And through an odd turn of events during research into today's show, yeah. I uncovered it. Nice. The title album? Like you're, you mean you lost like the the name of it, or you lost the actual album? Both of those things. Yeah. Everything. I don't know if you know this about our buddy Klaus Schultz, but he has like one million albums. <laughs> I, I guess not. it's just, I just he just goes into his little studio there and then he feels like playing music, so he records it and then poof, that's an album, because why not? Why not? And then, uh, yeah. So every day I, you could have an album, really. Yeah. But I digress greatly. Yeah, it happens. There's that music dipping out. <laughs> How does it know? When we're wrapping up the intro. Spooky. <laughs> so, do we have a topic? Whole nine yards, we have a topic. We're looking in our curio cabinets this week. I can abide by that. Uh, what's in your curio cabinet? My personal curio cabinets, if you don't know, I think you do. I am a, an adult collector of action figures. Uh, yeah. So I have I do know many, many action figures. Ranging from Simpsons figures to DC Comics figures, I've also been ordering the uh, the Thundercats lately. I've seen that some of the yes, the Thundercats have come here, and I also have Legos. Legos aren't really action figures per se, but they are uh, what one may consider uh, to be tchotchkes. Oh, this is your word, tchotchke. Tchotchke. Simple definition of trinket. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean that's the easy. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go into more definitions. But just a light. It's a it's a trinket. It is it has a connotation of uh perhaps worthlessness or disposability. Uh and some people would even say tacky, which I I don't think I would say that. Well, I mean uh, some trinkets can be tacky, I guess. And what the hell's a trinket? We better put that on the list. Oh yeah. All we right. should trinket going on the list. <laughs> Yeah, tchotchke. I've certainly heard this word. Oh, yeah. I would imagine I've said it here and there, perhaps, not in the regular words that I say. Right, I concur. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I would not call my collection tchotchkes. I would call them action figures. Right. For sure. Nor would I my matchbox cars. Right. Those are matchbox cars. Mm -hmm. But they are uh, things that may go into a collection, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. There are quite a many spellings for this now that we've we have taken it into English from tchotchke. other places. Yeah, tchotchke. The one that I'm working from, I'm not going to spell them all, is a uh, T C H O T C H K E. Starts with a T. Starts with a T. There are C's, sure, in the spelling that starts with a C. Uh, but they seem to start with T's and that kind of the T's and the C's both have uh, parent words that are that are relating. So this uh, word comes to get to us in our English language um, sort of through a few passes, a few layers. The closest layer, I guess, would be uh, Yiddish, which is mm -hmm. 
technically it is a West German language uh, spoken, what is what is I read, by uh, Ashkenazi Jewish folks, uh, dating back to about the 9th century, honestly. Uh, it comes to us via way of immigration uh, through New York and things like that. Later on in the, not at the 9th century, obviously, many, 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 many uh, decades later, centuries later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yiddish is uh, kind of a combination of Hebrew, and I was looking at says some actually Aramaic language. Aramaic is a language, um, but also large influences from like Old Slavic and Old Polish. Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll toss out this. The OED, 1968, Leo Calvin Rostin, in his Joys of Yiddish, uh, he gave her some, and this is spelled Tsatske, uh, T-S-A-T-S-K-E. Tsatska, uh, mm. or other for her trouble. And he it means trinket, really. Um, but like I said, this word comes from a kind of old Polish, uh, almost proto-Slavic word, if you will, uh, which I looked up the pronunciation and is like Tsatsko, Tsatsko, C-Z-A-C-Z-K-O. Yeah. And back in the 10th century, 9th century, uh, this Tsatsko, uh, is defined as bobble or trinket. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no. Um, but like I was saying, in in the Leo Calvin in 1968, he kind of uses a spelling that that the, you know, old Slavic, old Polish would use after they get through the Zs, the CZs, they get to a Tsatska, T-S-J-A-T-S, apostrophe K-A, Tsatska. But the tchotchke kind of has referred to trinkets, to baubles, um, to other things, while tzatzkala, which is a sister phrase of tchotchke, you know, tchotchke, tzatzkala, is kind of defined to mean a, a young girl or woman who uses her charms in order to reach her goals. Oh. Uh, and, and in this definition, I saw that in Yiddish, the meaning uh, of words can change by the use of gestures or changes in tones or accents on different syllables. You know, there's lots of languages like that, that you kind of get uh, different meanings from the same word, but just how you say it, how you accent it, how you maybe even how your tone of voice is. What, what, what is that definition again? The tzatzkala uh, is more likely to mean a young girl or woman who uses her charms in order to reach her goals. Right, charms. So, I mean, charms is always a thing meaning your, you know. It meant that in English, mm-hmm. you know, up until, you know, I'd work it into love songs and stuff sure. up until the 50s, but I'm, it was when writing 19th century, 18th century, charms at meaning... Um, wiles. Of, you're right, right. Wiles. Yeah. I mean, even still, you charm people today. You charm people. Yeah. It's a you're, little you're indirect that way, but yeah. Defined as charming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it carries that with it. I hear you. I didn't actually throw that together, the tchotchke and the charm, but... Uh, yeah. I, yeah, they're they're right there. Right. <laughs> um, even so, that's one of the the definitions. But I guess if if you were to change a tone or inflection, tzatzkala could mean your favorite child. Like, oh, look at my little tzatzkala, that little favorite, that right. favorite child of mine. Right. Uh, love love that one. Um, Leo also adds a few more definitions, saying that it it really could mean. <laughs> this is I'm quoting. Uh, a sexy but brainless broad. 
<laughs> um, but that sense has since long gone, and it it uh, it kind of appears in modern modern more modern Hebrew slang uh, to <laughs> very similar sense of a, uh, a sexually loose and provocative young woman. <laughs> well, look at that, right? Uh, which then sort of also has a sister phrase, lots of sister phrases, which is more of a tchotchkela, T-C-H-O-T-C-H-K-E-L-E-H, uh, which is defined as a beautiful, sweet, innocent person. Kind of that uh, maybe favorite child usage of the tchotchkela. This is more tchotchkela, the other one's more tsatskela. And then, and then if, if she really owns it, she's hashtag Chachkilla. <laughs> <laughs> this show is free, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what more do you this want? This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 1964, uh, a W. Markfield work, Too Early Grave. He was no Tsatskala, Leslie. He was in certain respects far from being trustworthy. But this one, uh, it kind of is no mystery, just the history. Right. Uh, since old Polish proto-Slavic, uh, we've got tsatsko to mean bubble or trinket. And through the years and through the days and through the centuries, we've, uh, we've kind of ended up here with tchotchke, meaning bubble or trinket. <laughs> <laughs> and all somehow interchangeable a, a bit, even though they must have all come from a different etymology and then all came together to go, we have too many words that mean this. Let's just use them interchangeably. It's interesting because the TSs versus the TCs versus the TZs, they, they do follow their parent language um, through some, some like I said, Proto-Slavic, Proto-Russian, Polish, uh, Hebrew. I mean, they really do kind of mingle and mix to get to get here, obviously. But you can tell the origins of each one by like the first three letters, kind of where this, where that one came from, where this one came from. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to dig into the bobble and trinket a bit. Yeah, bobble uh, sounds fun. Right. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'll carry this on with a word that's a double word: knickknack. Knickknack. That's in the old nursery rhymes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Definition, to crack, to make a sharp, abrupt noise, to chink, oh. to speak affectedly. A petty contrivance, a toy, a plaything, a knick-knack. Hey, can't do that. A readiness <laughs> in performance, aptness at doing something. Something oh. performed or to be done. Huh. Requiring dexterity, a trick, a device. And that's majorly talking about the knack part. Right. I was going to say that sounds more like when you, you say, wow, you have a real knack for that. that I know. You, you have an aptitude or whatever, right? That's what I was. Right. And then we had a, we had a show and it was my word too, where we covered Nick, where Nick was all of those things. And yeah, it was Knickerbocker or something. What was it? Well, not just no, the Knickerbocker hotel is where the cocktail, I can't remember it was invented mm -hmm. or they claimed it was invented, but I found evidence in California, but no, Nick, remember it was, uh, it was marking a board uh, and counting, but it was also all these other things like to steal Thievery. or, mm -hmm. or you were actually in the Nick. 
Yeah. Uh, if you went into jail. You got nicked. Yeah, it was all those things. Right. But right, strangely right, right. enough, in, in the knack, when it's married to knack, nick loses its meaning pretty much altogether. Yeah. And it's just an alliteration for fun. Oh, okay. Knick-knack, a small ornament of minor value. Yeah. Yeah, see, I wouldn't call my action figures knick-knacks either. See, there's minor value. They have value to me. Right. Oh, I forgot to say I have Futurama toys too, sorry. See, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Taking knick-knack down the one path where, where it is the, uh, you know, trinket, a pleasing trifle toy, 1570s, ingenious device toy trinket, Six, this is 16th century. Here. Yeah, uh, nice. where where it is defined. Okay, then yeah, as that we talked about. You mentioned before we we rolled to record to say hello to our friends. One of those shows, in fact, it feels like that a lot of these words they are much uh, all history, no mystery. Yeah, they they all sort of uh, flow that way. So for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but it's still uh, intriguing and once for you to dig, dig, dig deeper down other corridors. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1540s, first time we see this sort of meaning in print in a play called the 4EPP. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, by John Haywood. Right. I, you know, I do what I can with that 1540 needles, thread, thimble, shears, and all such knacks. Yeah, we've had John Hayward on here before. Yeah, you know who else we've had on here? Billy. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's a regular guest. Billy in 1596 in The Shrew. Why tis a cockle or a walnut shell, a knack, a toy, a trink, a baby's cap. Baby's I'm sure they cap. said it real fast and with a thick accent, so I didn't understand them. <laughs> Uh, baby's cap i know but pretty nice but you, you do go back okay 1369 with with chaucer yeah uh book of duchess and then uh, i i tried i tried to even dig further as i as i do for some to see give me more of the context of these quotes and let me read yeah, the parts right. of this book but man it's the same language, and yet it is a different language. It is a different language. No, the inflections are different. You got to go up. It's uh, it is a challenging task. Yeah, uh, I mean, you have to learn a whole language. Yeah, my dad can do it. He can read that stuff, and he'll do it. And I'm like, oh my god, what are you saying? It's, but if I was a better student, I would have learned it. <laughs> you could have helped us could've here. Definitely could have helped us. I did not realize at the time that I would still be <laughs> having to deal with Chaucer. As an adult, I know. Yeah, and I think in a couple of these um, old quotes, it's where an where an author, even back fifteenth century, fourteenth uh, century, dabbled around the same notion that you uncovered in yours with sort of meaning feminine wiles. Oh, the knack, you know, so, yeah. Uh, so Chaucer may or may not have been touching on that here mm-hmm. and I'll spare you today, <laughs> but 1625, it, it becomes much more easy to see, uh, the loyal subject by John Fletcher. If you use these knickknacks this fast and loose and reading further around in that book, it's fun that the way it was being alluded to was more of uh, being flippant with 
enjoyments of life and how it could be a, a downfall if it's a distraction. So that quote comes out of there. So mm-hmm. he's really using knickknacks to mean frivolity mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. And then again, 1682, uh, this was a French book and a French translation into an English. A miss won't come in to buy before she spies knickknacks at the door. Door spelled D-O-R-E. But, mm-hmm. um, you get the gist. Yeah. Wait, she's not coming in if she sees knickknacks? She won't come in unless she sees oh, you know, It's yeah, like a window right. dressing. Yeah, yeah. You're walking right. by, I want to see something that I want. I'm not going in there. Gotcha. So, so anyway, my point is there, 16th century, 17th century, it was used, you know, in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, almost as you would talk about your grandmother's uh, little glass teacups in the corner cabinet in the living room. Uh, my grandmother had nothing she, had she no. did not she had like abhorred clutter <laughs> and it was yeah yeah she would, she would faint if she saw my toy collection i'm sure oh my god <laughs> raymond what is this <laughs> do you are you using these every day do you need these Can no you joke eat them? yeah if you yeah exactly you don't you don't touch something in a year you throw it out well, like i was saying i mean it's it's just always kind of been that as far back as etymology takes it, you know, from uh, deep back in Middle English, but not before. It is knacking, but it is really the, the same thing. It's kept its, yeah. The contrivance, uh, yeah. a toy, plaything. The other business that you brought up, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole, uh, which is which ends up being irrelevant unless we're talking about Actually, some of those other words, because knick-knack is really just used uh, because it fits so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, knick-knack, patty-whack, give a dog a bone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the idea of um, an Irish mob being able to whack people, uh, having the police whack you, patty-whack, whacked you. Oh. The nickety-knack patty whack. Yeah, as we always uncover yeah, or talk about, seriously. the nursery rhymes were just dark. Oh. They just hid dark things, you know. But it's fun. Yeah. Why hide your kids from the truth? You let no, them you, have it. You got, they grow up in the world just like you. You got to tell them. Yeah. It's tough out there. Yeah. Wow. I did not put that together. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, that, that's it. Like I said, all the, aside from the uh, getting whacked in uh, Irish prison, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. What? Um, yeah. God. That's, uh, knick-knack yeah a triflence trinket a trinket is what we've been saying yeah but it i mean technically it could be a trifle i guess yeah a trifle did come up in there but don't be trifling no don't be trifling <laughs> okay. that's that's on the list it's on the list that's <laughs> on it's on my middle school language slang list <laughs> yeah. but yes and here's rebecca with shiny baubles Allswell believes in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Their products feature innovative technology and unbelievable comfort and support without deflating your wallet. Combining the best of both worlds, the Allswell features hybrid mattress technology with memory foam and individually wrapped coils. For a winning blend of comfort and support, follow the link in the show notes for financing as low as 0%, a 100-night risk-free trial, 
free shipping and returns, and a 10-year limited warranty. Designed to make good sleep accessible to all. Real luxury, unreal prices. Allswellhome.com. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. So that was something, huh? Yeah. We have a curio cabinet filled with, with lovely ads as well. Yeah. As trinkets and as knickknacks and as tchotchkes and uh, some bric-a-brac. Brickety-brackety. Brick-a-brac-a. Yeah. Yeah. Still staying in the uh, definition of bobble trinket. <laughs> bric-a-brac. This hits um, English language. British English language uh, during the Victorian era. 1830s yeah. is the Victorian era. Quote from uh, our, our great friend, the, uh, the OED, Foreign Literary Gazette, a poor dealer in knickknacks and bric-a-brac. Oh, yes. my word in there too. It's right in there and it keeps popping up. Yeah. But this bric-a-brac in the Foreign Literary Gazette comes to us from uh, 16th century French. A brick at a brack. <laughs> uh, and defined in this as at random, any old way. Oh. Yeah. It meant that in the French. Right. I looked it up and it also kind of draws on like many things or a collection of things too and, and some French translations. But this is a, a book that says this is what it means. Right, at random, right, yeah. any old way. Right. Um, but in more modern French, not 16th century French, it seems to refer to someone who sells nonsense things. Uh, <laughs> 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 random items that aren't worth very much. So, you know, you could extrapolate that to maybe lots of stuff. This does refer to lesser objects d'art. Objects d'art. I'm not saying that right. Uh, forming a collection of curios. And I'm going to just go ahead and say curios is just a shortened version of the word curiosity. Oh, yeah. Just tossing that out there for everybody. <laughs> yes. What's a curio? It's yeah. a curiosity. Right. I saw some newspapers in the 1900s here uh, via a popular news archive site that tosses this word in with uh, fine china, lots of like China and bric-a-brac sales going on this weekend at you know, your 1900s local whatever. Um, but also some like furniture, carpets, curtains stores. They're using it to mean that. So not even just, you know, not in the bobble, tchotchke, trinket kind of way. More in a random uh, conglomeration of things you might need. Random stuff. Stuff. Bric-a-brac. Today, bric-a-brac uh, refers to kind of what is described as a selection of items of modest value, often sold in street markets and charity shops. And they say, in, um, more commonly known as knickknacks. Or in Yiddish, such items are known as tchotchkes. <laughs> they really do all reference each other. I did learn one fun thing, that bric-a-brac refers to a collective. It's not 
a singular item, oh. whereas you may have a knickknack or a tchotchke, right? You you have bric-a-brac. Right. It is a collection of stuff. So my toys would be bric-a-brac because they are a collection of stuff, many things comprising one thing, like the Borg on Star Trek. Um, but bric-a-brac has come to us from uh, 16th century French to mean at random any old way. At random. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, it's still, it was the French that evolved it from random to one who sells frivolous things. Yeah, it, basically, in mo- more modern French, exactly. It, it, has, it has come from maybe this and that at random things. Now, it, in, in modern French, it's someone who sells nonsense things. It says, such as old hardware, random items that aren't worth very much. <laughs> you know, you got a, maybe you got some door pulls. Yeah. Or maybe you have a, I mean, I guess, you know, you could, you know, you have some old flatware or whatever, right? Some old plates, what we would call fine china here in the, in America. Right. That would be bric-a-brac. Bric-a-zibrac. A brick at a brac. We. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we have a small contingent of French listeners out there. Maybe they will write us. It's got a little more rolly R's, but it pretty much is kind of bric-a-brac, at least according to a popular translating website that says things for us when you ask it to. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> What's your curiosity? My, mine is even uh, a further... Uh, a foot. I don't know this one. I don't use it, but apparently people do, and that we discover sometimes, and so yeah, we'll cover it. Although, I mean, it is straight up etymology. Guga. I. <laughs> Guga. Guga. I saw this while I was researching my words, and you it did. is it is listed in in the list of like knickknack, tchotchke, Guga, and I'm like, I'm not writing that down. <laughs> What the heck's a Guga? Exactly. Oh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but again, defined by our friends, something gaudy. Gaudy? Mm-hmm. Something gaudy. Gaudy, yeah. And useless. A trinket. A bauble. <laughs> uh, something showy but useless and of little value trinket. Yeah, so you, you got like that. Pieces of jewelry, especially when they are flashy and cheap. Oh, yeah. Costume jewelry. Yeah. Now, there are some other words that it is loosely, potentially derived with, and it's odd because tracing it back, you know, it, it was Old English, 12th century, gafu, and then it moved into Middle English, being about the same, givgov, mm. and this, it sort of meant gift mm. through all of this. Yeah, okay. But may have been also... Uh, or had some other meanings or cross-reference sister words to mean, you know, a prank, a mockery, a game, rejoicing, jubilation, a joke. These are all Gugal, a 13th century Gugal, regardless, uh, spelled a few different ways, but G-E-A-F-U is is um, the oldest true ancestor to this back in old english and it meant gift yeah so uh, just like you know bric-a-brac went the other way maybe (laughs) it may not have meant useless and trinkety originally 
but then I guess, you know, as time went on, if people gave you a goo-gah, they were just bringing something over the house because they were supposed to. Here's a here's a damn, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you had a kid. Here's a shiny thing. It's a, right. It's a gift, but now the gift has become. Where's my less, wine? Yeah. Yeah, slightly less. Uh, whatever. Yeah, synonymous with just a, a throwaway thing. I don't use this. Yeah. Historically tracing it in our books, it is all but absent, except some of some of these other old English words and that's as far as you go with it so somewhere in in middle English times it was turned into gugao and it meant your gift is a bauble that's all I think people stopped using it. <laughs> or at least yeah. maybe there's uh, uh, some country where people are still saying this but I don't have, I, in, in all of our archives or anything, I don't yeah. see it. I can't find it. I don't hear that. I, when, the way you spelled it, though, did you, did you come across any definition that was like, uh, like laughing or fun or anything like that? In the list? Yeah, like I said, there was, a, there was a, a possibly a French version, go goo, rejoicing, jubilation, joke, okay. prank. But it isn't, it's, it's like, yeah, that word existed while this English word that is similar existed okay. and people may have combined the um, flippancy of the joke with the gift, the gift. and then the gift became of, of more of a flippant gift. Yeah. Uh, but there's no evidence of it, but it is not impossible. Okay, because the way you spelled it, I'm like, it sort of sounds like guffaw, which does mean like laugh and, you know... Right. Hilarity. But I mean, usually laugh, a, a boisterous laugh, right? Yeah. I was just curious if that. In the etymology, there's no connection there. to what we see. Guffaw yeah. is usually like a hyphenated word that ends in F A W, even, right? Yeah, it is. It does or, end in F A W, yeah. There is no uh, etymological traces of any connection to that. Gotcha. I yeah. Know. Well, that was. A lovely look in our curio cabinets. At our baubles. And trinkets. Send us some baubles. Yeah. Won't you? Because, I mean, we're just here. We're here. We just got the books on the shelf, and we're in just in the dark. Yeah, and unless you mail us or something, <laughs> we, we just sit here. <laughs> Looking at our tchotchkes. Yeah, so uh, get on to your devices or whatever you do. Yeah. Instagram and Reddit, Twitter. That whole nine yards pod. Yeah, if uh, Elon Musk doesn't ban us, he's, and, and, uh, <laughs> he's out already. And then Facebook. His Whole Nine Yards podcast. Whole Nine Yards podcast. Or just email, email. us. Uh, Rebecca will give you the email address. Just hang the heck on yeah. one second, won't you? <laughs> um, and everything's great. Yeah. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. idioms.